every once in a while we can get nostalgic. Every once in a while we can have hope for the future, but even hope and nostalgia are not exactly comfort, right? And in times of stress, in times of overwhelm, we need to get centered. We have to be able to find a way to get centered. Welcome to the Ignited Recovery Podcast, a new way forward for anyone looking for answers but feeling left out. If you've been searching for empowerment, triumph, and purpose, you've found them right here. You won't hear the same solutions and you're not gonna have any excuses to fall back on because Ignited Recovery allows heroes to rise and become their best selves. I'm Dr. Adi Jaffe and I can't wait to be your guide on this journey. Are you ready to become an Ignited Hero? You know, we dedicate this time to the work that we do and yet life goes on, right? It keeps moving and so there are things happening on the outside. Just breathing in the space, being present can really, really help us to show up as our best to this hour. Meditation or mindfulness is not limited to those opportunities, this kind of sitting down meditation that we know and have heard so much about and maybe have seen in our friends, family or movies or whatever. I was doing, today has been a really stressful day. I tell people all the time, you can do mindfulness in anything you do. Mindfulness as defined by some of the experts in the field is being present for a specific amount of time and putting your focus on what you're doing. And they say with no judgment, my change to that is with as little judgment as possible. Sometimes it's hard to not be judgmental at all, but if you can help reduce that, then it really, really helps. And so for instance, today, making coffee in the morning, I make pour over coffee. And for at least 45 seconds while I'm pouring the water, I'm trying to put all my focus on the water and where it is that I'm pouring it, right? Really just bringing attention to the present moment. It's only a minute maybe that I, I can hold it, but that's a minute that I'm not worried about what's going on around me. I'm really becoming centered. Another one that I love is uh, a walking meditation, being mindful while walking. And one of the easiest techniques that I know to incorporate is if you focus on counting your steps from where you're going to where you're going to end up, it allows you to be present. Now, I said as little judgment as possible, you're going to lose count. It happens. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to talk to you. A noise is going to come up. A thought is going to occur. And you lose count or you'll even forget that you were supposed to be counting your steps. It's okay. All we do is we go, oh, I was supposed to be counting my steps. And we look back down and we do the same thing again. It's an incredible tool to help us really get centered. But with everything that's going on in the world, I think it, it becomes even more important to be centered. One of my clients was telling me that she's feeling overwhelmed because she felt like she can't save the world. She felt like she can't do everything that she needs to do, everything that'll make the world a better place. And I've related, we all, and it doesn't even matter which side of any of the arguments or any of the theories or any of anything you fall on. I think we all deep inside want to make the world better. We just might have different ideas of how to get there. And sometimes I'm afraid that we get so caught up in the wishing that it were different that we forget to appreciate the process that we end up going down. There's little comfort in future planning or looking back. Every once in a while, we can get nostalgic. Every once in a while, we can have hope for the future. But even hope and nostalgia are not exactly comfort, right? And in times of stress, in times of overwhelm, we need to get centered. We have to be able to find a way to get centered because even to carry through with the action for the future hope, even the ability to really connect to the nostalgia and feel good about what we've been through, 
it oftentimes requires us to, to just have this sense of calm about us. There's so much being brought up and there's shame, there's stigma attached to that that then creates shame. And we have to fight it. That's why I wear the bracelet. It's why when somebody tries to make me feel badly about who I am or, or choices I've made, I really, that's why I wear the bracelet is I have to kind of remember, oh, wait, this isn't about shame. I can always get better, right? I can always do the work to make myself a better person. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. I hope that makes sense, the distinction between those two, right? Always room for improvement. That is very different than saying that I'm a damaged, broken human being. So fuck shame always came from that side. Fuck you, you're shaming me and I'm going to fight back. This week, it took on a different meaning for me as well. And that is we, even us, even all of us here in our disempowered states to some extent, sometimes we find ourselves either shaming other people or accepting other people who shame others. And when I was recording this podcast episode with Sophie, it dawned on me that, you know, F shame comes from that side as well, right? The side where, hey, if I get to recognize the impact shame has on me, when somebody shames me, it destroys me. It makes me run for the hills. It makes me, makes me want to hide. It makes me want to be less of a person. It makes me sometimes literally not want to live. And if we know that that's true, it stands to reason that people who we either, either make shamed ourselves or allow to be made shamed, have the exact same reaction. There becomes like an active, I'm talking far beyond race right now, but the, the, big, the big thing that's coming up here for us in the US is right now is race and it's, it, there's a reason for it. But this is where the not speaking up piece of the puzzle comes in. And one of the questions for this week in particular was about finding purpose, you know, how do I find purpose? And I think oftentimes, some of the people that I've seen who found purpose, oftentimes it does, it does have, other people have a role in it. I'm not going to say I've never seen anybody find purpose that does not involve helping other people. It happens, but oftentimes it has to do with a community and it has to do with, with giving back, right? There's like this reciprocal uh, relationship. And so now it kind of gave me this, I mean, obviously I've been evangelizing F. Shane myself, but I've been kind of very focused within a niche on that. So F-shame really addiction and body image are the two places where F-shame really has seemed to take off if you kind of look online and hashtags and things like that. But I really believe in the power of shame and I believe that it's playing a role in all of these, all of these fights that we're having, right? I don't remember who I was talking to. I was thinking Sophie was in it, my wife, but there was somebody else involved. And I said, look, at the end, these conversations always come down to the fact that the people who are stigmatizing feel like they're inherently better than the people who are being stigmatized. I mean, if we're really basic about it, that's kind of what it comes down to. I'm better than you. Therefore, I have power over you. And I should. It's ordained. Now, when we talk about alcoholics, and I have to put in air quotes because you got who've been around for a while know I, I hate those terms, but I'm using it because that's what we get to hear all the time. When it comes to addicts and alcoholics, let's be honest about it. We've accepted that for a long time. I am damaged. There is something wrong with me. I am a piece of, you know what? And the point I want to make, what if we can take that fight to every other group that's marginalized and say, look, there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing inherently wrong with you, period, point blank. Like, I don't have to like you. I don't have to relate to you. None of that has to be in place, right? I don't get to stigmatize and shame you because you're different or I don't understand you. And I think that's, that's to me where I really see the rubber meet 
meets the road for me personally is it's easy for me. Like, let's just be honest. It's easy for me to focus on addiction. I beat that shame. So I find little moments or little crevices of when it still rears its head. And then I can help you guys come, come up because I can pull you up this hill, this mountain that I've, I've climbed. I wonder if at least for the short little present moment, as I share kind of our struggles, if we can allow ourselves to look at those. And I think actually, if we do that, if we can extend from our own feelings of shame around our problems around our food or addiction or alcohol or weed or whatever it is, porn, drug, whatever it is for you, if we can extend and recognize that it's actually just the human experience of being shamed and stigmatized and, and pigeonholed and boxed, then it creates a much bigger, more empathetic experience. And it empowers us, even in our stigmatized place, even in a box, even as people look down at us to go, well, fuck them. Nobody can really truly take our own self-concept away from us. And if we understand that, then we have, we have a job of not letting anybody else have that experience as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignited Heroes Recovery Podcast. I really hope you found the information here useful and that we'll see you back here next week. And look, I want to make sure that this podcast is the most useful it can be for you. So please let me know by emailing info at ignited.com if there are any specific topics or questions you'd like to have addressed. As usual, if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave us a five-star review and rating. Thanks, and see you next week.